Welcome to the Family Photography Marketing Podcast, where we dive into the world of marketing and help you take your business to the next level. I'm your host, Fiona, a marketing expert with 10 years of experience in the family photography industry. And in each episode of this podcast, I'll be sharing my insights and strategies for successful marketing to help you navigate the ever-changing landscape of digital and traditional marketing techniques. So whether you're just starting out or looking to fine-tune your marketing approach, this podcast has something for you. So join me and let's get started. Welcome to the Family Photographer Marketing Podcast. Today's episode is going to be centered around the number one thing that people tell me, that family photographers tell me, holds them back from marketing, and that is they tell me they do not have enough time. So this episode is going to be focused on productivity and how to create more time because I truly believe that majority of the people I talk to do have time to market and it's not actually time that's holding them back from getting marketing done. So people will often drown themselves in endless busyness to feel productive, but as the day slips by them and all the work that they've done hasn't allowed them to actually check off the end, anything off their list that actually produces or could produce a direct result, direct result in this case, meaning a booking or an inquiry or someone who is interested in getting on your calendar, that type of work, that endless busyness is effort, but it's not productive effort. And so as a result, the tasks we immerse ourselves in are disguised as real productive work when in fact they're just mentally draining. So when my brain was stuck in a place of comparison and self-doubt, which I've done episodes on before, which is so, so debilitating to many, many family photographers, I would take breaks from working, which at the time meant fretting in confusion over what I actually should be doing to look through Instagram, for example. So I'd, so I'd feel overwhelmed, start to scroll and doing so felt heavy and full of effort. Because the more I scrolled, the worse I felt. So it felt like work, but it's not productive work. It's what I call a passive effort. It takes effort to scroll and it takes effort for your mind to be constantly trying to overcome that feeling of comparison or scarcity that comes from scrolling through or looking at other people's work, but that effort is not tied to any sort of meaningful result within your business. So it's an enormous and extremely painful time suck disguised as work or productivity. So it's very important to recognize this because if you feel like you are working and busy all the time, but you don't feel productive, you are likely stuck in this trap. And when assessing productivity, a lot of people start by tracking time. The issue with this is that many people, including myself in the past, have not been honest with themselves about how they're actually spending their time. For example, if you look back over the last few days to see what you've actually achieved, you could tell yourself that you weren't aligned with any result, only aligned with passive effort. So instead you ask yourself, how long did it take me to create or complete that project session marketing campaign? If it took you five hours to complete a project that could have you take it, that could have taken you two hours of concentrated time, you need to address your level of distraction and passive effort, not productivity. 
That's why the time measurement isn't as valuable. Because if I gave you an hour to create a spring or summer marketing campaign, or I gave you five hours, you could achieve it within that time frame each time. In one, you've used concentrated effort to get it done in the amount of time that was allotted. And in the five-hour example, you've worked probably much in a much more slow and not concentrated fashion. So passive effort is action that you take that's not tied to a result. So, so for example, if you're going to write a blog post, but spend most of the time researching ideas on Pinterest, looking on Instagram for inspiration, reading posts on Facebook group, that is passive effort. On the contrary, a results action is any activity uh, tied directly to creating a result. A result action when writing a blog post, for example, would be sitting out and banging the post out. Unfortunately, there is no easy solution to results actions getting done beyond doing the work or hiring it out. So what I mean there is you could say, okay, I have this amount of time in my day and I'm going to spend it writing a blog post. But before you actually get to the work, you spend the majority of your time floating around in passive effort, telling yourself you're working, but not actually producing the work. Then the time that you have is slowly whittling away in the background, causing even more stress. So the trick is to figure out exactly what you're trying to do with your results action time and actually do the work that leads to the result. And that's true in marketing as well. Your next step is going to be taking an honest look about how much time your passive actions and your result actions are taking. So I want to clarify that passive actions are necessary even though they're not tied directly to a result. So researching what your clients or potential clients are struggling with is a necessary passive action, but you knowing that information and it staying in your head doesn't result to result in any bookings. It's actually taking that information out of your head and adding it to some sort of tangible marketing piece that someone could come across, build trust in your brand, and then ultimately book you. That's the powerful bit of information to have. So it's not like you you want to become some sort of machine who's just sitting there typing out blog posts, you still need to do research. You still need to figure out exactly what you're trying to say. You still need to come up with a plan, but it's the action that's tied to the the result that's missing for a lot of people. So, and we can be honest with ourselves if we look back at ideas that we've had that we then spiral in our own brains and we think, oh my gosh, it's such a good idea. I would love to implement it, but then we, we don't actually implement. So the next step we will talk about is becoming more efficient with the time that we have. So one of the best things that you can do is to train your brain to be more productive. Your brain hates change. And as we've discussed, it also hates hates any task in which you are asking your brain to take a risk. Even one as small as putting something you created out into the world to your very small following. If you I see this all the time where people have a tiny, it doesn't matter how big or how small or how many eyes are on your business, that fear can hold back anyone, even if it's one set of eyes on what you created. So if you've ever gone into autopilot 
driving to and from work, let's say, or to and from the gym or to and from your kiddo's school, and you've completely forgotten that you were supposed to do an errand outside of your normal commute, then you know that your brain is doing what it does best, sticking to patterns of safe behavior. So if you always at the same time of day, there's many times for me that I don't even remember my drives. My brain is just so in autopilot and it can become that, it can become the same for marketing or talking about our business or showing up. We can think like, oh, but normally what I do is I open Instagram, I scroll, and then I just say, oh, five more minutes won't hurt. Keep scrolling. All the while, you may be coming up with ideas and becoming inspired by other people, but then you're not actually taking the action in your own business. So that's where the danger lies. The first step is to ease your brain into the change by creating habits around producing result actions. For me, that starts with getting ready for the day. I used to get my kids on the school bus and still be in my PJs till noon. And that sense of failure actually, of actually, of not getting dressed actually compounded on top of my lack of productivity. So now I get dressed, I do my hair real quick, and then I pop on a bit of makeup. It helps me center my mind and get my brain into productivity mode. I eat breakfast, I make a cup of tea, I set my computer up at the same place in my kitchen, and some days I'll work in a coffee shop or my studio, but regardless, I'm doing the same things every day. At the coffee shop, I order the same drink, I eat the same thing for breakfast and for lunch every day, and wow, I sound like a boring robot. But my personality, I've just noticed that during my weekdays, I have to insert my own sense of structure. And there will be people who aren't like this, right? They can just be like completely almost like chaotic with their time in their day. And I have just noticed that that's not me. I allow my brain to enter that habits-driven, calm state of mind because I am taking action, but they're so, the actions that I'm taking are so habitual that my brain no longer categorizes them as a scary task. So if I'm, it can be even something as scary that may seem as scary to you as going live on Instagram, you could train your brain to think that going live on Instagram and talking to your audience is extremely mundane and routine. And that is a good thing. So the last thing that I want to do is overwhelm my brain with fear, task, decision, fatigue, which means my brain is constantly feeling like I'm asking it to do terrifying things every day. So I can take what I know about how brains work and turn my brain into a non-triggered entity. So I can say, this is just what we do. Nothing scary has ever happened. So we can just continue in these habits, right? So, so often instead, what people try to do is they're like, oh, I'll try something new. That didn't work. So I'll try something new. I'll keep trying something new, thinking that that is going to lead to a better result. When in fact, you're just constantly changing it up within your habits, in your systems, in your day, and you're creating a sense of urgency or scarcity that your brain does not like to operate in. So you're going to be competing against yourself, right? So I do not want to add decision fatigue into the mix by going to a different coffee shop and trying a new drink. These things may seem so silly, but it really makes a difference when you are limiting the amount of things you're asking your brain to do every day. It would be like if you had something you do all the time. So I'll use the gym, for example. Like at the gym, I like to do my routine. I have a leg routine, an arm routine, 
mostly a leg routine because legs are my favorite. But if I went in there and I was like, today, I'm going to learn how to do every machine in the building, I would be so stressed out. And yes, is it good to mix things up every once in a while? Sure. But if we get into systems that work, it's okay to lean into those habits. So this creates very little opposition to these habits. I feel apprehension around new scary tasks, but now I'm even able to push through them so much more easily because I have practice doing that. So I can, my brain doesn't resist so much when I do want to change up one little thing because I I trust myself more. So these days, small chunks of concentrated time on a result action has become my brain's new normal. If I'm working on a results-based action, my brain no longer even requests time to scroll on Instagram because I have long resisted those urges. So when I first started this program of focusing a concentrated amount of time on a results-based action, meaning action that I'm taking that would result in someone getting on my calendar, then I would feel this resistance in the middle of the time chunk that I had given to that task to stop and start scrolling on Instagram or distract myself with laundry or whatever it is. And because I have worked so hard to resist that question, that pushback on the task where my brain is saying, whoa, this is a little bit scary. Let's go to something familiar. And I say, no, we're actually in the task and we're not leaving. Those now, my brain never asks to leave the task and go do something completely non-productive. So this is the amazing things about brains is we can train them to work better for us. So it's a combination of habits and keeping promises. And those are the main two ingredients to productivity. Even within your non-results-based time, like when you're editing, you can create habits that support your marketing or results-based actions. For example, when I'm exporting a session, I feel like I said exporting weird, exporting? Now it sounds like not a real world real word. I will take my favorites from that session and immediately move them to a folder titled location name, season, and year. This is really helpful because it gets all of us out of the mindset of providing sneak peeks and instead to using the imagery that we create strategically. By doing this habit within a passive action task, I have then supported myself when it comes time to market because that habit is built into that editing sequence. So instead of trying to go back when it's time to market and trying to pull spring uh, images, for example, into folders, when everything's already uploaded and sucked into the cloud and it's much harder to access them, I can support myself in real time. So next I'll show you or I'll talk to you guys about how I use time chunking that really helped my productivity. So the creative brain, this is a generalization, but it generally works in small focus bursts. And that's how my brain works too. I can spend about five hours working pretty solidly, but not on one task. I don't even know who invented the eight hour workday, but I definitely can't do things consistently for eight hours. If I tried to do that, I would just get bored and distracted within the first one or two hours, right? Because my brain automatically will reach this point 
And this may be true for you where after the first one or two hours, it's bored and it's looking for something else to do. So instead of fighting against that, we can use time chunking to our advantage. So I know the things that I need to do to get more results in my business, just like you know what you need to do as well. But right now, many of these important to-dos are probably floating around in your head, refusing to be turned into actions. And every time you attempt them, your brain screams, no, 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 let's scroll Pinterest instead, text your sister, what about the laundry? Anything else. And what happens? You relent, you leave the task for another time. And if you are a fellow procrastinator like me, that time will be in a stress-filled flurry right before the task must be done. To help my scared brain, I will give it very small tasks to achieve in very short amount of time, and I call this time chunking. If you take one long-ass to-do list, your brain looks at that and automatically wants to run the other way. But if you know you only have to achieve one small task in the allowed, allowed time that you've given yourself, that is way less scary. The allotted time is key because just like I said earlier in the episode, you will achieve the things you want to do within the time you give yourself. You know those people that have been writing a book for like 10 years and that book is taking 10 years because the author gave themselves 10 years to do it. The same author could likely finish that book in two months if they had a hard deadline. Tell me the best Let me tell you about the, tell you, tell me through the podcast. Let me tell you the best part about time chunking. So when you tell yourself you are going to edit a session or call a session or reply to emails or whatever it is in the next hour and you keep your promise to yourself by not distracting yourself, it is the best feeling ever. It's a way that you garner more trust in yourself. There's hardly a greater feeling than the combination of keeping promises to yourself and being productive. After you've achieved your results-based action, you can give your brain a little break, get up and stretch, play with your dogs, do a little dance, and you can even scroll through social media, but you need to set a timer or a, a some sort of barrier or you will get sucked in and off track once again. So you know that old cliche that says, dreams don't work unless you do? Well, in my experience, it's been completely true. Learning to keep the promises I make to myself about the work that I will and will not do when it comes to achieving the type of business that I want to have is extremely key. It's a horrible feeling to break a promise to yourself, and we've all been there. If you're trying to make a change or you're trying to, for example, tell yourself that you're not going to do a habit that's been destructive for you and then you do it, that feels bad. But it's not the destructive habit that hurts, it's breaking the promise to yourself. So it's not like scrolling Instagram physically hurts you, it's that you told yourself you weren't going to do it and you did it anyway and you're letting yourself down. It's the same feeling when you tell yourself you're going to try to get something done in a particular period of time, and you don't. It's just an automatic letdown. So there's a flip side to that, which is that if you give yourself a task to do within a certain amount of time, and then you do it, it feels really amazing. If you're like me, you might be really, really good at keeping promises to other people. If I tell a friend that I will be there, I will be there. If I tell my kids that we're going to the beach after lunch, we go. But The issue is that the promises that I made to myself often go to the bottom of that list. And switching this up is actually pretty easy. Don't break the promise no matter what. Unless something major comes up, do the results-based action that you promised yourself you were going to do within that time chunk. If you want to get the result action done, it's going to take concentrated work. So the faster you just accept that and do the work, 
there's just no other way around it. You can't, unless you hire a robot or lean on AI, but again, that's going to be work again, because you're going to have to monitor those things. Pushing through a result action is scary. So I want to make sure that you guys know that I see that. And I hear that. I know, I know it's not easy to put yourself out there. I know it's not easy to ask other people to click onto your website or to learn more about you or to speak into your stories, but it's okay to do scary thing. Oh my God, that was the worst sentence. It's okay to do scary things. These things scare you because the action is tied to a real result. And that means that real emotions are at stake. It means that people could reject you. They could say no. Of course, they could say yes as well, but our brain super loves to focus on the fact that we could be rejected. If getting to your result action is getting content out into the world, that means people will see your content. They might judge it. They might hate it. Your brain loves to be safe. It does not like the feeling of fear and it will fight against the notion of putting yourself out there in any sort of scary or exposed way every single time. The brain will say, ooh, this feels scary. Let's just go back to scrolling Instagram instead. Now, here's a hint. Your brain loves scrolling Instagram. It's safe and doing so releases dopamine. That is why it is so addictive. So it's not that you're just scrolling for no reason. It's because your brain is trying to actively choose a safe activity over a scary one. Unless you have a very unique brain, your brain is not addicted to the feeling of fear. Of course, we all know the people who have brains that are like that. That would be like a girl I went to high school with who is literally like a super skydiving person and she just seems to just be skydiving every single day. That is her her brain is is addicted to that feeling of fear. And I don't think there's anything more terrifying you can do than jump out of a plane every single day. But the majority of us are not like that. So instead, we don't sit on our couch and aimlessly do scary things. We're not just like casually addressing large, large groups of people or telling strangers our most inner thoughts for them to judge. But because results actions are scary, it is even more important for you to keep the promise and actually finish those actions. That is how you override your your own brain and get the important tasks done. When you are deep in the work of the results action, you have already set yourself up for success in every possible way, but there is one thing that could still take you down and that's the perfectionism trap. So if you set a time and you know you're going to get this work done and you stick to the promise, then this last thing could really hurt you. We've already discussed in depth in past episodes about how scary it is to create. I say it all the time because I I want you to be seen in this work. Putting the work in and actually doing it, we know it's scary. But what if you're breaking through that barrier, but you can't get what you created just, just right? That perfectionism trap can take can stop you from taking the most important step, which is actually showing it to the world. So a horrible case scenario is you create part of your marketing plan, you did it in the time allotted, you actually put the work in, but then you stop yourself from putting it out into the world because it's not perfect. You can bypass the perfectionism trap by sticking to your time chunk limit. If part of your time chunk is actually to post that content, then if you stick to the promise you made about doing the work within that time, then you will not be sidetracked by perfectionism because you'll just take the leap over that worry and go ahead and post it. Done is better than perfect in pretty much 
every instance when it comes to marketing, because what we want is data anyway, not judgment, not perfect tens from the audience. That's not what we're looking for. So it's not an excuse to do crappy work. And you know, you're honest with yourself about how long tasks really take you and how long you need to give yourself to produce a reasonably good limit. But I would rather you just get the work out into the world than produce a flawlessly perfect piece of content, email, postcard, whatever it is. Is the extra amount of time that it would take you to get it from good to flawless worth it? Likely not. Knowing what I know about creatives, the tiny little details that change in these extreme levels of perfectionism are the things that the artist only notices. So generally the client is blind to tiny edits or little things that have swallowed whole hours of your day. So don't fall into the trap. Keep moving forward. Keep making promises. Keep creating. Don't strive for perfectionism. As you become more productive and more of the things you you make are out in the world, many of the things that you make won't work. And like I've said before, that is okay. That is to be expected. It would be super weird and you'd be some sort of anomaly if everything you put out into the world was received perfectly and 100% of your Instagram followers saw it. That would make you the outlier. The normal scenario is people put things out, some things hit, some things don't. It's all about gathering the data, like I've said many times before. So you can think of it this way. A missed mark, so like you tried something, it didn't really work, is just data on how you can be better in the future. Had you not picked yourself back up, and try it again, in many instances of your own life, think about the data that you wouldn't have. And this goes from any instance, like from relationships, parenting, schoolwork, anything that's in your past, traveling. Like if you had taken one trip and things didn't quite go as planned and you're like, well, traveling's off the table for me, so I'm never going to try it again. That is the type of thing and the type of sentence that, that will come out of a family photographer's mouth about sending an email to clients. Well, I tried and, you know, only two people opened it in known book, so I'm never going to do it again. That's not true in any part of life. So it's definitely also not true in the world of marketing as well. Showing yourself what you can do is so much better than sitting around doing nothing. In addition to failure, prepare to feel a little lonely. So it's no secret that entrepreneurship isn't generally a team effort. The good news is there's plenty of other creatives in the same boat and it's worked really well for me to find a few key people who are at the same level of business as I am and we can help inspire and support each other. So you can even, if you find these key individuals, you can bring them into your productivity. So you can say, hey, checking in, it's Monday. Here are the things I really want to get done. What do you have on your plate? Let's help support each other. That is so easy and how nice is it to have a little bit of support along this journey? Two people can cheer each other on. Don't be afraid to reach out and connect. Many of the friendships that I've made have started with just a DM. Remember that as you make the journey towards becoming more productive, your silly brain will constantly be trying to drag you back into old habits and it's your job to resist. 
The best way you can do this is to, again, keep it really simple. The promises that you make to yourself about marketing your business are paramount, and that is okay. You can make boundaries with your family. You can make boundaries with your friends. You can make boundaries with your children so that the results that you need to take in your business that are tied to an actual action that a potential client can take need to be at the forefront of your productivity and the work that you do on your business. So if you learn one thing from this, just attempt to set a time and within that time, have a results-based action that's part of you putting out something into the world that would result in someone engaging with you in a way that could end with them becoming a client. Do that. Just try it out. It's going to feel so much different than a lot of the passive action tasks that we all immerse ourselves in all day that feel so heavy and emotional and full of comparison and full of scarcity, but aren't actually work. So just try to work diligently in tiny, tiny chunks to make that fear of showing up your friend. It's never going to go away, but you can make it easier by being habitual by training your brain that you are a trustworthy person who's going to follow through and nothing bad is going to happen if you try something and it doesn't work out. It's just data. So you have a dream with your family photographer business. So this is one tiny step that you can take towards chasing it. By starting a business and having a dream, you are already doing so much more than most people do in their lifetime when it comes to confronting and overcoming fear. So keep stepping forward. You got this. I hope this episode was helpful and I'll see you guys next week.